in church. Okay. We're in Romans chapter number 2. We left off at verse number 7, or just before, just right at verse number 7 last week. But I'm going to do a little bit of, just a little bit of a review here, just a, just a, just a touch. Um, so a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for today, Father. Father, pray, Lord, you'd bless the lesson, Lord, and help us learn more about Jesus, and learn more about you, Father, and how we uh, uh, are seen by you, Father, and how you... Um, Love us, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. As I said back in the first chapter, Paul was not a member of this church in Rome. Paul was not the pastor of the church in Rome. We don't even know who that was. We know it wasn't Peter. We don't know who it was. So Paul wasn't a member. Paul wasn't the pastor. Paul didn't have, a, this was not a pastoral tone here. Paul didn't know what the spiritual needs were or was or is of this church. He's giving out this broad blanket kind of message here. Uh, church was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, so he just gave them both barrels. If you give them both barrels, you're bound to hit something. So, so he didn't have a feel for their spiritual needs, but he did want to, he wanted to get this information out there. Now, as we remember back in chapter number one, I want to make this clear. Uh, today's, uh, we're going to be looking at verses seven through maybe 16, if we get that far. Today's lesson is a little bit complicated. It's not complicated for me, but I'm a carrier. I'm not confused. I'm a carrier. People get confused around me sometimes, so I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to make this as clear as I can. But um, I'm a, the commentaries that I look at are some of them are really uh, in disagreement with each other, and what I think they're in disagreement with what the God what the Word of God says. So it's a little bit confusing unless you're really Really sink into it. Um, chapter 1, we talked about the Gentiles slash heathen slash Greek. And we talked about how God is going to judge them. Remember in verse 18 of chapter 1, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against who? All, and that includes everybody, all is all, all ungodliness and unrighteousness in men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, chapter 2, the first part of that we discussed last week with Mr. Oman and Mr. Yusuf, we talked about the, the hypocrite who saw chapter 1 and said, ha, and pointed at them. And then God took the flashlight of the Holy Spirit and shined it on them and said, you're the same way. You're the same way. Verses 7 through 16, we're going to talk about God's judgment. We're going to talk about the equity of God's judgment. This is where it's a little bit confusing, so I wanted you to stick with me, and uh, we'll get into this, and we'll see how far we can go. Verse number 7, we just, in verse 6 we talked about uh, the, uh, the uh, God revenge for every man uh, according to his deeds. That's not his works in the flesh, remember that? Talking about Christians and their work as a Christian. We get these rewards. We discuss five crowns. There's probably some other rewards. I think there's some rewards down here on earth that he gives us. Amen. And that, I don't know what they are, but I think God rewards those that faithfully serve him. You don't never know what you didn't have to go through. You know what I mean? Amen. It may scare you when you get to heaven and watch the video. This is your real life if you wouldn't have, you know. So... 
Uh, we have some rewards down here. Verse number 7, let's read uh, verses 7 through 16. To them who patient by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and mortality, eternal life, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these not having the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Okay, this is a little complex, so I'm going to have you stick to that. Uh, this, this lesson is called, is, is about the equity of judgment. We're talking about Jews and Gentiles and how God's going to judge them. And it's different. You may not realize that. Hope you will today when I'm finished. Paul, in verse number 7, is not teaching salvation by works. Verse number 7, where he declares that eternal life shall be awarded to those who seek it by patient continuance and well-doing... And who according to like verse 10, it says, who uh, worketh good, both which announce the full demand of the law. God says you can work your way to heaven if you can keep the law. Problem is, nobody can do it. And that's what he's trying to show these Jews. Amen. Now we're talking to Jews from verse 1 to 16. Verses 17 to the end of the chapter, we're talking to the Jew. What's the difference? We'll know next week when I get into chapter, uh, the other part of, this, of, of the chapter 3 here. But he treats, approaches them in two different ways. Now, let me clarify something here. We've got Jews and Gentiles. There are two races of people in God's eyes. Man has, over the time, he's seen differences in people and he's identified them and labeled them, these different racial groups or races, and we're going through a lot of that day. God doesn't do that. There is God's chosen people, the Jew, and there's everybody else. That's all there is. Two races. Two groups of people. The heathen slash Gentile slash Greek and the Jew. That's all there is. So that's who God deals with here. He doesn't divide up the Gentiles into various subgroups, as we have today. They're Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. That's all there is. That's the way God made it. Okay? Amen. So, all these verses, Paul is talking about the law and not the gospel. Some commentaries are confusing because they try to incorporate verses 7 and 10 as part of the gospel. Uh, if you work in your Christianity, that, that's not right. We're talking about the law. 
Who knows what the law is? Well, we need to read Leviticus. Let's all turn there. We'll just read that right now. Levitical law. There are 613 laws. Not just Ten Commandments. There were 613 laws that they had to obey. Well, I've kept the Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah? Well, how about the other? You know? So, he's talking about these verses. He's talking about the law. So, the view that I'm presenting today, that my commentary that I read, or the ones that I read, that I think are most, most biblical, most true, are contrary to what most of the English commentaries say. They go along with this crowd that, 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 that mixes the law and grace, and it's not mixed here. Amen. Talking about the law, okay? Talking about the law and what these two races of people did with it, or what happened to them, okay? Now, if these verses referred to the gospel it would be more confusing than what I'm going to make it because he would kind of break in and disturb and disrupt Paul's train of reasoning with these Jews. He's reasoning with these Jews in his next couple chapters. He's reasoning with them, trying to make them understand. Uh, and he's arriving at this conclusion that by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified before God. Okay? Uh, look at chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Chapter number 3, verse number 20. This is where this argument ends, is right here. Verse number 20. From chapter 118 to chapter 3, verse 20. We have this argument that Paul's presenting to the Jews. And he says in verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And then he goes on, and we'll discuss that next, next chapter. Okay, So Paul's objective to both the Jews and the Gentiles is the, to show them the impossibility of obtaining justification. When we get into the next chapter, we'll define what justification is a little bit better, and we'll talk about it more. Okay? Uh, so convincing them of this is the most important thing, because unless you can convince them of this, uh, he can't lead them to the grace of God. I've mentioned before, before you can lead someone to Christ, what do you got to do? You got to show them that they're lost. That's the hard part, because I'm not so bad. I'm not as bad as the other guy. I told my dad once, and I probably should never have done this, because he was getting on me about something. I says, you know, if you're letting a hypocrite stand between you and the cross, who's closer to the cross? And that probably wasn't a good thing to say, but he, he didn't like it. But I said, the hypocrite is, so don't call me a hypocrite. Anyways. Um, so... The Apostle Paul introduces this, this statement here about the judgment to come. We're talking about in verse 18 of, of verse 18 of chapter 1, the wrath of God. That's what we're dealing with here, the wrath of God. 
I'm on page 32 of my notes. You believe I got 32 pages? I've only got a chapter and seven verses. Something wrong with this guy. So he's showing them that you can't be justified by what you do in order to show them, everybody, the universal necessity of a Savior. If you can't do it by your own works, you need somebody to do it for you. That's the gospel. Okay? So he's not declaring the terms of the gospel in this passage. He's talking about the law. And he's got to prove both Jew and Gentile are all under sin and no flesh, as we read just a minute ago, will be justified in the eyes of God by keeping the law. Verse number 8, But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth and obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil to the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But to them that are contentious. Paul's referring to the intense rebellion of, and resistance of the gospel by the Jews. Let's look at a few verses. How many of you read the book of Acts? What do the Jews do in the book of Acts? And what are they doing every day? Let's look at, verse, uh, let, let's look at uh, Acts 13. They are concerned about where Paul is. Paul wears a GPS ankle monitor or something. I don't know what it is, but everybody, they know where he's at. They know where he's going. They want to be there in front of him to disrupt or to create this environment, get everybody all spun up, and here comes Paul, and they're going to disrupt what Paul's saying, and they're going to persecute Paul, and they're going to make everybody else persecute Paul. Yeah. Let's just kill him. Yeah. That'll stop him. <laughs> Gets up, dust himself off. Why? That didn't work. Acts chapter 13, verse 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken of by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Jews contradicting and blaspheming. And I got more examples, but they all say the same thing. The Jews stirred things up before and or after Paul was there, and they got everybody confused, and they blasphemed, and they condemned, and they contradicted, and all these things they did, and people didn't know what to believe. And they were afraid to make a move towards salvation because they would be persecuted. So all these Jews were resisting the gospel. Why? Because they didn't believe God. They didn't believe in Jesus. Amen. But to, to them that are contentious, it says in verse number 8, this is a description of the other sort of people whom God will render according to their deeds, who are of the contention, who contend for the victory, not the truth. Strive about words to no profit, quarrelsome, sow discord among the brethren, 
among men in churches. Seen any of this recently? Yeah. Same people, same thing they're doing, same results. People are confused and don't know what to believe. To mask or not to mask, that is the question. There's a Shakespeare thing about that, I think, I don't know. Anyways, and it says here in verse 8, And do not obey the truth, do not regard or submit to the gospel revelation, and like the Gentiles, which knew not God, these Jews and others who obey not the gospel, but obey unrighteousness, they become the servants of sin. These, verse number 8, okay, he's going to give them indignation and wrath. Wrathful or fiery indignation. This is the hottest of God's fury. We're going to find here in a minute that God is against these Jews. God's going to judge the Jew more severely. I'm going to show you why. Verse number 9. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. These two terms, tribulation and anguish, express punishment. Indignation and wrath designates the principle of which the condemnation proceeds, but also talks about the scope upon every soul of man. That includes everybody. Indignation and wrath. The, this universal punishment is intended to point to the vain expectation of the Jews. We'll talk more about this in the second half of this chapter but uh, the Jews thought they would be exempt from any punishment. Hey, we're God's chosen people. Huh? But it also explains the importance of what, in verse number 2, it talks about according to the truth. Look at that in verse number 2 of chapter 2. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them who commit such things. That word truth means what is just. We're talking about the justice of God, and God determines what's just. His word defines what's just. Verse number 9 again talks about uh, those that doeth evil. Evil workers. People who practice sin habitually. Now, here we're going to get into the part where we talk about the equality of justice. The connection of punishment with sin is according to the order of God's divine justice. God explains what's going to happen. We are all, before we're saved, under condemnation. What does it mean to be condemned? You've been judged. If you go to court say you committed some terrible crime, you go to court and you fight for your wife and your lawyers, blah, blah. finally you're guilty. And then you're sentenced. You're condemned. That's it. You are going to be punished. No way around it. Oh, I can appeal. Nah, not with God. Um, you're condemned. Okay? So, God's punishment is for those that have broken the law. 
They have offended the God of this universe. They have offended the Creator. God's going to judge that. Okay? Men are wicked. God's going to judge that. So, the condemnation of the law, whether it's viewed externally as it was given to the Jews or internally, as we saw in chapter 1, remember, God provided light on the man, didn't He? He provided the knowledge or the, He revealed Himself to man, that there's a God. And man didn't worship God. Why? Man didn't acknowledge God. Therefore, he wouldn't worship God. God's going to judge that. Okay? Then he talks about to the Jew first and also the Gentile. The Jew first means that the Jews principally. It implies that the Jew is more accountable to God's judgment than the Gentile is. Why is that? We'll talk about it. Uh, the Jew has received more than the Gentile. What did the Jews receive? Oracles of God. They received the Bible, the Old Testament. They received God's law. They knew right from wrong. God told them what it was. They had the light of God's word. Oracles of God. They had that. Um, because they received more, they are more culpable. And they'll be more severely punished. Look at the things they've gone through. God loves them, don't get me wrong. God loves Israel, God loves the Jews. He wishes they would get saved, but they've offended God greatly because they've ignored Him. So God's going to judge that. They received more. Their privileges that they've received over the years aggravates their punishment, adds to it. Okay? Look at, uh, you don't have to look there, I'll, uh, I'll just read it for you. Amos chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 says, Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I punished you only have I known of all the families of the earth, of all the families of the earth, only you have I known. God chose them. Right? Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Because I've known you and given to you and love you and chosen you and given you all these things, I will punish you for your iniquities. Okay? You talk about to the Jew first and the Gentile. Judgment's going to begin with the Jew. And it'll be more heavily executed. But it won't affect just the Jew. The Gentiles will be in there also. We're found guilty. Okay? We'll be condemned also. Look at verse number 10. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. It sounds again like you can work your way. To justification, you can't. While the unrepentant Jew and Gentile shall experience the fullest effect of God's righteous indignation, uh, 
Some men work for good. There are some men, and we're there, that have a consciousness of God and a conscientious obedience to God's word, whether they be Jew or Gentile, God's going to honor that. If we serve God, love God, love Jesus, God's going to, you know, God's going to do what He said He's going to do. We're saved. Okay? To the Jew first. The Jew is first in punishment, but also first in honor if he's obedient. First in salvation. Verse 11 says there's no respect of persons with God. No respect between Jews and Gentiles. They're all going to see his condemnation. They're all going to see his judgment. Look at, um, look at Colossians chapter number 3. Is anybody confused yet? I will try harder the rest of this lesson here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 25. And he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. God doesn't judge. God's going to judge the Gentile and the Jews. There's no respect of persons. The Jews, we'll find out in the second half of this chapter, are saying, wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm a Jew. I've got all these things. And Paul's going to address that with them, starting with verse number 17. Now, verse number 12 is where we get into the, the money here, the, the, the thick of this thing here. Read it carefully. Verse 12, For as many as have sinned, without law shall also perish without law and as many as have sinned in the law shall be um, judged by the law now we're talking about the equity of judgment right here the equity of judgment. So Paul's going to explain this for it. First thing we need to realize in verse number 12, we need to understand, we need to, to focus in on, there are two kinds of people here. Those with law or without law, and those with the law that are without or without the law. Two different people here. Who are they? With law are the Gentiles. With the law is the Jews. So you've got to be kind of focused on that here. The Gentiles have not received the written law. However, they have a law. God gave them a law in chapter number one. I mean, chapter, yeah, chapter number one. The Gentiles did not receive the law. However, they sinned. And it says here in verse 12, they shall also perish without law. The Jews had received the written law. They also had sinned. 
they will be judged and condemned by the law. Okay? Now, verses 13 through 15 is a parenthesis there. You see that in your Bible in chapter number 13? I mean, verse number 13, parentheses. Okay? Up in this parentheses, I can already say it, is used when a word, a clause, or a sentence is inserted as an exclamation, I mean, an explanation, an afterthought, or, or a further elaboration on something, okay? And uh, the passage that's in parentheses, you can remove that whole parentheses passage and it'll still be a complete sentence here. I'll show you. Look at verse number 12. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Drop down to verse number 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. You can take those three verses out of there and still have the same thought. But he inserted these to explain what he's talking about. Okay? Verse 13. For the hearers of the law, for not, um, for not the hearers of the law are just, just for God, but the doers of the law are justified. Let's explain this. There are two propositions in verse number 12. We just talked about them. Okay? We have these parentheses, and it kind of divides it up a little bit. So there's two propositions, those with or without law and those with or without the law. Two separate entities or two separate groups of people. Everybody understand that? Good. Okay. So there's two things here Paul's going to bring up. Two objections by Mr. Say, By the objector. He may be brought up here. Two objections. One's in favor of the Gentiles. One of them is in favor of the Jews. First is, let's talk about the Gentiles. Since God has not given His law to the Gentiles, there can be no place for their condemnation. For how can they be condemned or uh, as transgressors if they hadn't known about the law? That's their... Hey, wait, wait, wait. We didn't know about the law. We didn't offend the law. We didn't know about it. How can God judge us? Does that sound fair? <laughs> we'll find out that it is. Okay? The second objection, which is contrary to the first, supposedly uh, brought on by the Jews. Their objections, wait a minute, wait a minute. We should be treated more leniently by God since He has given us the law and by doing so has declared His favor towards us and made us His people. Therefore, God shall go easy on us. But you can judge those guys, the Gentiles, because God has abandoned them and left them alone and didn't give them any law. So Paul, in his next couple of verses, is going to remove these objections in verses 13, 14, and 15. He's going to answer the second objection first, the one from the Jews. He's going to answer that one first. Verse 13, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Okay. Here we go. 
he is not saying and does not say that keeping the law is sufficient for justification before God. And the hearers have no chance. If you hear about Jesus and don't accept Him as Savior, oh, I've heard about that. I go to church once. Well, I've heard, I've heard the gospel. I've heard that before. But I've never believed it. What chance? They're lost. They have not accepted. They rejected Christ. If they're a doer, I came to church. I heard the gospel. I made a decision for Christ. Okay, that's an example of a doer. Someone does something. They're saved. Okay, now, so the hearers have no chance. The doers must observe it 100%. By the time you realize what the law is and how to read it, you've already sinned. You've already broken the law. Somewhere in 613 precepts, there's something you probably did wrong and didn't even read it yet. So there's no chance of justification by keeping the law. Amen. Paul's trying to get this through their, their, uh, their uh, understanding. The law was not given as a philosophy. Amen. It was not given as a matter of curiosity. It was given to be obeyed. God says he wanted them to obey it. What outraged the lawgivers when people don't obey the law? Uh, some of us work in a job. I've had men under me, you know, since 1975. I've been a supervisor, manager. People, we have rules, and people don't keep those rules. They're a breaker of the law. Okay? And it's frustrating trying to deal with them. And these days, of course, if you don't like it, we just change the law. We don't punish the person. We just make the law different. Okay? But God, doesn't, God says, I have a law, and you have to keep it. Otherwise, I'm going to judge you. So it would be in vain, then, for a Jew to say, well, I've heard the law. I've been to the synagogue once in a while. I go to meetings. I've read a little bit of the Word of God. But uh, I'm not a church member, but I shouldn't be judged. No, God says you're going to be judged. Now look at verse number 12 again. Amen. Talks about without law and with the law. The president, uh, the president, the presence, heard that so many times, the president, the president said, the presence of the article, who knows what an article is in grammar? Okay, what else? There's two more. Huh? A and an. We've learned so many things about grammar in church, haven't we, in Sunday school? Not only is he a good Bible, he's also a grammar. No. So there's, there's three articles in the English, A, and and the. So the article, remember the law? The article is, is the word the. So, in verse 12, as many as have sinned without law, it's not the law, it's just law. Okay? So there's this article there, the law, and God's referring to 613 laws. He's referring to the book of Leviticus and the book of Deuteronomy. 
instructions, how they're supposed to act, what's right and what's wrong. Okay? That's what he's referring to, the written law. Okay? Now, the doers of the law shall be justified, but you've got to understand that is means exact obedience. Look at, uh, look at Galatians chapter 2. Verse number 16. Galatians 2, verse number 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith of Christ Jesus, even we have believed, might have justified, even, I lost my place here, even we have believed in Jesus Christ and that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law, what? Shall no man be justified. Why? Because you can't keep it. You're a good person if you try. Those folks that are working their way to heaven, they're good folks. They try hard. They're not going to make it. Because God says you can't make it. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We always hear when God says all, He means all. He's going to mean all again in chapter number 3. God says all, He means... So if you don't continue in all things written, you offend in one thing, you're guilty of all. You can't keep the law. Okay? There is no law called grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is God's mercy. We don't keep grace. God keeps grace. We don't got to work for grace. Grace is done. It was finished on the cross. The gospel, God's word, also requires obedience. But you know what else he does? God's word requires obedience, but, 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 but you know what? God made a provision that before you got saved, he forgave all those sins. Hey, hey you, you want to know what else he does? Look at 1 John 1, 9. He forgave our sins before we accepted Christ. And 1 John 1.9 says, after we're Christians, it says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He forgives your sins from the point of salvation back. He forgets about them. We don't always do that. And while we're a Christian, we still sin because we're still in this flesh. We sin. God forgives that too. Where can you find a better deal? I mean, really. Folks who want to work and give and do all these things, and that's already done. The gospel's better. But the judgment of the law... Provides no tolerance. 
It demands full and perfect observance of all its requirements. Let me finish just one little segment here, then we'll be finished for the day. So patient continuance and well-doing in verse number 7, without the least abbreviation, the smallest speck of sin when it comes to reaching this state of perfection that you have to have to keep the law, or the law condemns you. Why would you want to work your way there? Why would you want to try to keep the law? That's what Paul's trying to reason with the Jews. There is no way in the law to amend or atone or uh, no reparations. There's no way to pay for your sin. Oh, wait a minute, because we're going to sacrifice Big deal. Those deal with external sins. Sacrifices do. It doesn't provide a way you can confess your sins and be just and right at God to claim. You don't get that under the law. You bring two turtle doves or a sheep or a goat and you sacrifice it and you know what you walk away with? The same sin on your conscience. Because it didn't cleanse your conscience. It took away, it, it paid for external sins. You, you did something wrong, and now you've got to bring something to sacrifice. It's going to hurt you a little bit. You've got to give up your, whatever it is you have here, you've got to give that up. That hurts you a little bit. It doesn't take away the sin guilt. It's an external thing under the law. It was designed to show men Christ sacrifice on the cross. That's what he was pointing man to. Look, I'm going to give a sacrifice and it's going to be the greatest one in the world. I'm going to send my only son. And he's going to die. But when you ask him to forgive you, he's going to cleanse your mind and your heart. Okay? That's what Jesus did. But when they sacrifice an animal or whatever it is they had to do or or Go wash in the river. Do all the things they had to do for all these external problems, diseases, or sins. They remained on the conscience. The law didn't forgive those. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. I'm going to get through here in just a minute. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 1. In fact, let me look at chapter, chapter 9, verse 13 first. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God to purge your what? Conscience. From the dead works to serve the living God. Amen. For this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament. That means by the means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. That's the law. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Chapter 10 verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of these things. Can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually. Make the comers thereunto perfect. They still had remembrance of sins, it says in verse number 3. 
They walked away from sacrifice. Oh, that was a good sacrifice. They still remembered the things they did. They still had the guilt. They still had it on their heart. Still had it on their conscience. Sacrifices didn't take that away. Only the blood of Jesus did. We'll stop here and we'll pick up, I hope, right here next week. And then we'll get into the second part of this chapter where God speaks to the Jew. Right now we're talking to the Jews. And next week we'll talk to the Jew. What's the difference? We'll find out next week. You've got to come. If you don't know, if you don't come, you'll never find out. And you'll always wonder until you listen to the podcast. And then you'll know. Anyways, it's that word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for the day, Lord. Thank you, Father, uh, for our church, Lord. Pray God you'd bless it, Father. Pray God you'd, you'd uh, bless pastors and preachers, Father. Pray God you bring visitors today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.